guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to take a minute and thank our incredibly generous sponsors, Custom Concrete Specialists, PML Construction, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Liquid Trucking, Risk Skill Consulting. Thank you one and all. We really appreciate your support. Now today's episode. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Doug Fletcher. This is my friend Aaron Cerrone. The initial inductee into the What's the Hazard Hall of Fame, by the way. And you, I, surprise. This is new. <laughs> right. We've just established the Hall of Fame. You're the first inductee. Awesome. So, congratulations. Awesome. Hey, it is uh, Friday, January 5th, I believe. Is it 5th or the 6th? It's the 5th. The 5th. Um, I hope you had a happy new year. I hope 2024 is off to a good start. We are excited to bring you another year of interesting conversation, <laughs> <laughs> hoping, hoping to bring you another year of interesting conversation, yeah. um, insights into workplace safety and health, leadership, all of those things. I think that's fair for us. Yeah. People I mean, walk away and go, that was interesting. I don't know about enlightening. But yeah, it maybe. Was, that was interesting. That's always different. It's always interesting. <laughs> and uh, it's good to have Aaron here the first start of the year off. I thought it would be good to have him here because... Typically, in early January, we are doing some goal setting. We're kind of reflecting on the year. We're considering things for the future. Um, and he and I have been actually doing that this morning. We had breakfast this morning and talked, ca- caught up a little bit. Um, first of all, Happy New Year, man. Thanks, man. It's, you know, first inductee, I think I was your first guest ever, too. You, you might have been back the first in the old building. guest. Yes, yeah. back at Parkville Media. Back in the old days when Pat actually worked, <laughs> yeah. you would occasionally see Jill. You now they're well. big shots. I never even see them anymore That's unless right. it's the my invoices do or something. They don't. They don't. They don't walk amongst the commoners. They do anymore. not. Yeah, but those were the good old days. Well, them, and yeah. this has been great too. I'm not suggesting. That's awesome. Herdat has been great to us. Dylan is a great producer. I just saw Herdat open up another sports bar. I believe that's true. Is that true, Dylan? You guys they, have they, another bar. They bought bar the Good Life, right? They bought one of the Good Lives. Nice. Very good. Well, hopefully we can do an episode from there at some point. That'd be kind of fun. Do a live episode. Yeah. Bring everybody from the gym. In addition to being the inaugural (laughs) entrant into the Hall of Fame, Aaron is the proprietor of Mid-America Martial Arts. Uh, He is our leadership expert. He does a lot of things for us. He's a sponsor of the podcast. So We use the term expert loosely. Yeah, of course we do. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have any guests if they actually had to meet a criteria (laughs) of expert somehow. So I always wondered that, you know, I when when someone puts that, especially like when you go on LinkedIn and they'll say innovation expert or motivating expert, like the word expert, like what what is the criteria to be an expert? You know, being in academia, you know as well as I do, people like to throw that word expert around or specialist and expert yes. or subject or matter expert, business expert. I'm like, what, what, what did you do to become a, like, there's no certification to be an expert. No, there's no like, what's the timetable? Is there, is there like X number of years? That's a great like, question. I, I, I never understood that. Um, I always, I, I don't like using the word expert in, associated with myself because I'm just like, what does that even, I don't even understand what it means sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think people use that, you know, in description of themselves oftentimes to promote themselves, to, you know, generate business, to, right. you know. Like maybe. I have I have numerous black belts and numerous martial arts, and, and the term martial arts expert is out there, but I've, sure. I, I don't even like using it because I'm like, I don't even understand what. Right. It almost feels like when, when I hear the word expert, I almost feel like I, you're flawless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody is. Like I'm an yeah. expert. I'm but flawless. Let's, let's say authority. You are an authority in those subject matter, maybe. I, I, I would think that's a better term. And that's just for through years of study, 
years of experience, experience, whatever that combination is. OSHA uses a lot of terms. They use terms like qualified person, and they use a term competent person. And those terms have their own definitions, certainly. And, you know, so you have to have a qualified person to evaluate a fall protection system, for example. And then you have to have a competent person to do the daily inspections or the periodic inspections, I'm things comp- like that. So. That sounds terrible. The first thing that popped in my head, I'm a competent. It almost sounds like a handicap or something. Like, <laughs> I'm a competent right, person. Exactly. Formulate complete sentences and do <laughs> right. all those impressive things that oh. we do. Anyway, so I got a new hat. I hope you like the new hat. Thanks to Green Plains. Appreciate it. I do like it. It's pretty nice, yeah. My buddy Chris Bryant. I just hooked up with Chris Bryant a couple days ago. For those of you that don't know this, uh, Chris Bryant, who is, you know, part of this um, Fletcher Safety Cooperative group, um, doing a lot of training on behalf of the cooperative, he and his wife are opening up a diner. You had talked about they were looking at In Shenandoah, Iowa. They purchased... The Cornbread Shed. Uh, they're working on it right now. It's scheduled to open probably mid-January over in them. Shenandoah, Iowa, downtown. I was just over there a few days ago to meet with them and talk some business. And um, so it is it is under renovation right now. But everybody within you know driving distance of Shenandoah, Should check Iowa, needs to go downtown, look for the Cornbread Shed, and let's support Chris now, Bryant see, now, in that venture. Chris is a big prepper a lot of people know that he's a big, big prepper. prepper yes so it, it it seems out of character for him to want to go further into civilization well with a restaurant perhaps than, you know <laughs> right it does i think i think this was a way to just invest some money you know i don't think he has great trust in you know wall economy, street type yeah, yeah, of investments fine. necessarily he's a people person too very much a people what person better way to be around people than a restaurant he's from food. louisiana so he's bringing some of those recipes oh, right on right up and you know and we talked the other day you know a lot of cornbread we're gonna have, you know different styles of cornbread i love cornbread personally sure. and so we're excited for him so yeah keep that in mind maybe you know mid to end of january head over to shenandoah yeah. check in see what chris is up there to there used to be a barbecue place in town called mckenna's Blues, booze, and Here, barbecue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pacific, like right on the corner of 72nd Pacific there, right beside the first data There building. was one up on Ames, too. That and I, uh, they had the best jalapeno cornbread. It was so good. I remember that. I, coming out of the pan, or was it like the individual? You could get little, both. You could get both. But, uh, yeah, and they always had some kind of rockabilly band playing mm-hmm. at the same time. But I yeah, remember McKinney's. Jalapeno cornbread. It was so good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, anyway, so, uh, now that we've caught up and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we've given a plug to Chris... What I would really like to do is, um, over the holiday, we were out in California. I think I mentioned this last week, but you know, my wife and I, uh, my son Nick was with us, and then we we spent some time with uh, my brother-in-law Aaron, Tanya's brother, and uh, his family, and we did some goal setting. We talked a little bit about goals for the year. We talked about health habits that we wanted to adopt for the year, mm-hmm. some other things like that. That you know, just to get our minds going. You know, what do we want to accomplish in 2024? And that's something that I thought you could be really helpful with, specifically along the lines of, um, like, wellness, you know, right. health and wellness, you know? I mean, these are these are all really interrelated within the safety world, and I think people, companies, employers, employees alike should be thinking about maybe, you know, how to add that to their, sure. to their program. We, we had this conversation in... in the Encore Safety Network, we were doing our monthly check-in, and I had asked uh, what they thought about wellness programs. Um, in my opinion, 
a lot of companies have wellness programs, but it's usually it falls under the HR umbrella. And it's usually, hey, go to this gym, you get a discount. And that's about the extent of it. Right. That's the wellness program. Uh, once in a while, they'll bring somebody in. Uh, they'll bring a masseuse in for the day or they'll, you know, you know, bring some kind of therapist in to do a stretching routine or whatever it is. Uh, some companies bring trainers on site and have classes on site. But, you know, within the safety room, I, I, I got to thinking, I'm like, why is it? that the safety program and the wellness program are two separate programs. Why aren't they the same? Mm -hmm. Right. And we started having this conversation in, if you really think about it, what, what is wellness, right? Wellness is mental health. It's metabolic health. It's work-life balance. Like it's all these things. Uh, we, we talk about, about being a healthy person, that, that concept of deep health, right? I'm holistically a healthy person. Well, we know that all the studies show that companies have wellness programs, productivity tends to go up, right? We, we know that uh, people that are healthier, they think more clear, they have more energy, they're out of work less for sickness, mm -hmm. right? So, so it's a money saver, right? There's less uh, more insurance physically claims. More, right. So it's like, oh, well, and in my mind, I'm going, well, duh, that's the safety program, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? What's the, what's the safety program that I'm designed to do to help keep people safe? prevent injuries on the job, prevent catastrophic Productivity, accidents. right? I mean, it's ultimately geared toward oh, productivity. Productivity at the end of the day. Um, well, that's what, well, that's what wellness is, right? And I'm like, why isn't this part of the safety program? Why aren't they working together rather than being siloed out? Because if we, we know, like we know uh, someone who's physically healthier, someone who's physically fit, uh, a stronger frame, a stronger structure are, is more resilient to injury. They're less apt to slip and fall, less apt to trip over something. Uh, they can withstand a fall. If something hits them, they're able to withstand the injury. Uh, they're, they're more resilient to adverse work conditions like hot and cold. It's, it's just a more robust workforce. And not robust like a Neanderthal way, mm -hmm. although there's, some, there's a lot of truth to that. I like it. But just, just in general, uh, people that are, that are healthier, uh, they're, they're less stressed, there's less anxiety, there's less depression. Um, they're a more capable employee at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. And they're a safer employee ultimately. at the end of the day. Ultimately. I would totally agree. And so the, the, the two, you know, in my mind, the, the wellness program should fall under the safety program mm -hmm. personally. It makes sense. Right. The, 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 the safety, whoever the expert, I was going to use the word expert, <laughs> right? Who's ever in charge of the safety program, in my mind, should be in charge of the wellness program or the wellness program should be under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Because a, a, a good wellness program, uh, a good integrated wellness program, an active wellness program, a company that's investing in the wellness program, you are building up the safety of the company as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I by, like by that. By default. Mm -hmm. like it, it goes hand in hand, but too often we silo it out. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's the wellness program? Is some, some HR person who this is your extra duty run the wellness program. Now, there are companies who invest a lot of money in wellness programs. I've, yes. Um, but I don't think they they connect it with the safety program mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and That's interesting. Should. So uh, this is really interesting to me because I do think I have been a part of companies in the past that have had wellness programs, and I'm using air quotes, to, you know, because it's much like what you described. You know, if you go to the gym, you get 20 points, and then you... You know, you you speak nice to somebody in a soft voice. You get 20 points. And at the end of the month, you get a coffee mug or something if you've tabulated all these points. And we used to have to fill out these sheets. and But we really never 
talked about wellness. There was no instruction. There was no explanation. There was no information per se. And I'm envisioning a company that has, for example, I have a client. They are putting a, a really nice fitness area into their workplace, but... Is it going to get used? Yeah. Don't you need to bring someone in maybe to talk about nutrition, talk about exercise, talk? I mean, you know, the 20-year-old guy is going to come in and just bench as much as he can. The 60-year-old guy doesn't need to be doing So I think we need to go a little bit further, don't we? Well, there's also the, uh, I mean, right. It's just like anything else, how much money or how much time and energy and money does a company want to invest in X, Y, or Z program? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's it's not not it's not a revenue generating source, no, not a profit so center, right? It's not a profit center, so it tends to get pushed to the side uh, when money gets tight, or or we're going to spend money. Uh, clearly, bigger companies that have more expendable cash can can do more things with it, but a lot of times it's just an afterthought, so they can tell the insurance company they have a wellness program and the premiums come down, and you know, and things right. go out right. Uh, and then that, we're just checking that box, which is what we've been trying to get away from in the safety programs. It's not just, hey, let's not just make sure the posters are up. Let's make sure we're alive and well and we're working safely and not just having this add-on safety program. And it, we need to look at wellness in the same way. And, and it is keeping people more safe and more resilient and more productive and better work-life balance and more resilient to illness, mm-hmm. uh, but especially injury on the job. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it, it is what it is. One of the reasons athletes, especially football players, lift so much, it's not necessarily to be bigger, faster, stronger, which it is, but it's also to be more resistant to injury mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and that, that's very true on the job site, especially in, in the more more physical job sites, 100%. But I get it. Now, part of the problem is, is that companies will put that fitness center in. But then it's like, hey, this is here for the use. But don't take too much time. Don't take too long of a lunch break. And make sure it's on your own time. And right. don't do it on company time. Or make sure you clock out if you're going to go use the gym. It's like, well, Jesus, you just you pretty much shame me for using that. Right. You're not thing. truly investing in no, that. No, you're way. not. You're not really. It's there to use, but not. Mm-hmm. It's like a. Um, there's a company in town, who uh, I won't name names. Um, it's a large IT company, but uh, <laughs> over on what street? <laughs> who, who they have? They have a hybrid hybrid work schedule yes it's not really hybrid it's you're allowed to work from home on fridays right okay so fridays you can work from home and then they instill this policy work from home fridays well the first couple fridays the place was freaking crickets and there was i know this is i have good close friends that still that work here work there and uh then the managers start calling up hey just because you have the option to work home for friday doesn't mean you should always work home from friday and they're like well What's the boy? Why, why are you giving us the option if you're going to shame me for using it, right? right. So it's that, it's that similar, mindset mm-hmm. that a lot of companies do. It's like we want to throw this Benny out there, but we kind of really don't want people to use it. Mm-hmm. Or, but don't let it take away from your work. It's like, well, then I'll just go to a regular gym. Like, mm-hmm. why would I? Yeah. If I'm supposed to do it on my own time and not interfere with work, you're not going to give me time to use it. Why would I'll just use my go local gym? Like, and, and that's why you. a lot of times you'll see these gyms just – crickets there's still there's dust on everything mm-hmm. or they'll they'll half-ass do it like it'll be a room about this size which by the way we're not in a very big room mm-hmm. and they'll put like a treadmill a bike and it's like those hotel three dumbbells workout. yeah you know and it's like what are we supposed to do with this like 
three people can fit in here and there's not enough to do anything. Right. So it's kind of like this, it's window dressing in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. I would agree. But I think the wellness program is, is bigger than a, a weight room. You know, it's, are you bringing in counselors? Are you bringing in mental health people? Are you bringing in people with some uh, nutritionists? Are you bringing like, are you, are you looking at this 360 degree holistic view of, of the wellness and the health of your employees? Mm hmm. Right. And then understanding that translates to safety, like directly. Mm-hmm. There's no there's really no arguing that. No, exactly. That's really interesting. I, I loved what you said about the fact the resiliency piece, because everybody right now is looking back at their injuries from the previous year. They're required to yeah. post their injuries by OSHA. I think that starts February 1st. You have to post your summary of all your injuries and illnesses so that your employees have an opportunity to see that summary. And many of many of the companies that we work with are going to be required to submit this electronically to OSHA for their you know their tracking application, and so you're looking back at this and you're probably seeing a lot of strains, sprains, slips and falls type things. And what you said really resonated because if you are a more fit person, you know those strains don't happen as often. And if you do slip, you recover from that. Or you know balance is you a big part much, of this. One hundred percent. And then even falling. I mean, if you are someone who actually falls, you know, the likelihood of a severe outcome is much less if you are physically stronger. Right. Or you go to pick something up or your legs. Yeah. The person with the stronger legs is going to be less apt. Right. uh, To some hip flexibility under the the weight of something. And um, yeah, it's it's just I mean, it's fact. There's really no no way to run. There's no arguing it. Right. Um, It's just like sports, bigger, faster, stronger equates to better performance. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same way on the job site. People are more physically fit, they're less apt to have all these things happen. Accidents still happen, right? There's mm-hmm. no way, there's no getting around that. Slipping is slipping. But at the same time, um, I'm, I'm less apt to slip and fall and break a hip, right? And in fact, I just got a, a DEXA scan a few months ago this summer, which is DEXA scan is essentially a, a fancy x-ray of your whole body and it, it breaks down everything. And after I got done, um, the lady that was looking at it, she goes, my God, your bone structure is ridiculous. Like your bone density is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I joked, I go, so I'm not going to f- fall and break a hip. You know, that's what, you know, what well, happens to well, old people. Yeah. She goes, no, you could probably <laughs> fall from a building and be all right. Uh, well, you get but, thrown and roll around every day. But the point is, day, is like so. the, the only reason I have bone density that I do is from the heavy lifting that I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. And th- there's a direct correlation to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like just falls, not just preventing the fall, but how your body can absorb the impact of falling or something hitting you is, is huge, right? Because if I'm more fit, I can absorb that impact more. I can absorb that fall better than somebody who is unfit. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an injury. I'm going to get up and dust myself off and go, idiot, watch where you're walking. Or I might have a little bruise, but I'm coming back to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who is wholly unhealthy and unfit, they're down and stand down. Absolutely. And now we have an issue. They're on restriction or they're now away we got from work. work or... claims we got. Now, mm-hmm. now we got OSHA coming in maybe going, mm-hmm. why are these people falling all over the place? And, and, and we always want to blame it on the work environment, which they're, they're yeah. very likely could be a problem with the work environment. But at the same time, it's like 
No, I just have a workforce that is naturally going to be apt to getting hurt and injured. That's really interesting. I've never really gone down this path before conversationally, but I think you're right. And I I'm think. not. And I'm not trying to blame it on people. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. It's just. It's just. It is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. We can look at certain populations of people, and, and we know they're likely to be sick. They're likely to get hurt. They're likely. It's just. It just is what it is. But we, we, you know, in the safety world, we talk a lot about this capacity to control bad outcomes, and we use a lot of strategies within our equipment and machinery and procedures to try to limit these bad outcomes through these different, you know, adding different controls and capacities. This is a capacity that we have direct access to that we just ignore. And, you know, and that resilience piece, I think, is a huge piece when it comes to these recordable injuries. And sure. Well, you know, it's funny is resilience the last five to 10 years, resilience was a big buzzword in, in corporate. Um, but for all the reasons you wouldn't think, right, because it was resilience in how do people adapt to change, mm -hmm. their, their mm -hmm. ability to change in the ever-changing work environment. I'm right. going, you know, me being in the you, you worked for the government, me being in the military, you walk in and go, okay, this is what we're doing today. Like, yeah. whatever. It changes like, every day. It's, yeah, it changes every day. <laughs> okay, we're doing this today. And it's no big deal. You just kind of roll with it. Well, that's hard for a lot of people. So Definitely. you were starting to see like this big awareness and push for resilience and having resilience training and having resilience experts on staff to help people change management, right? Change management mm -hmm, experts mm -hmm. became a thing. Um, pe people can deal with change and adapt to change and having the resilience to work in an environment that's changing. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that's a form of resilience, mm -hmm. but then let's look at the physical resilience, right? And, 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 the you know, the, the resilience to, stay healthy, right? And the ability to withstand illness. Like it, we're in cold and flu season right now. Absolutely. Right. How much of the workforce are in and out because they're cold and flu? How many people are never getting sick? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a correlation. Yeah, definitely. Right? To who's always getting sick and who's not always getting sick. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, um, the, the COVID kind of highlighted this, but there are, we, we view work in, in, two separate categories. And there is this, um, this office work, you know, the people that work in cubicles in offices. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people that are in factories or on construction Blue sites collar. that are actually working right. what I would consider work, or at least what I was, you know, what work was explained to me when I was growing up, right? That's work. And then you're sitting at a desk or something. And so when we talk about change resilience and we talk about this kind of stuff, I think oftentimes we are, or we're talking about, you know, work at home. We're talking about this group of people that work in an office. Right. 100%. And, you know, the people that work in the factory, they go through change as well. There, there are changes, yeah. but they are also under really extreme physical demand, you know, Stress, and, yep. and they, and we kind of ignore that almost, you know, I mean, the, sure. you know, we, we have this wellness program for these piles of goo that work at a desk every day, <laughs> right. you know, or whatever, you know? And I mean, I mean, sitting, sitting is considered the new smoking. It's horrible. Sitting I mean, yes. Things from, um, yeah. We, we tend to forget about, we don't think about wellness programs for the construction workers because they're doing something physical all day right. long. Right. Um, but they're also the most apt to be physically injured. Absolutely. In a lot of cases. You know? I think so. so. Like, what, what are we doing to, when it comes to wellness, physical wellness, are we doing for the people out in the field and on the construction mm -hmm. site? Well, you mentioned something at breakfast, um, which we had a very nutritious, we wholesome, did. We did. healthful breakfast. But uh, the stretch and flex concept, you mm -hmm. know, this warm up that we do in the morning. And you see that occasionally in construction sites. 
you will see it occasionally in manufacturing environments. I don't know if they do that kind of stuff at, you know, in an administrative office, but, but the stretch and flex, like we've got a friend of the friend of the show, Kristen Hodge, you know, Hinko is her company, uh-huh. Hinko. And, um, you know, she was an athletic trainer and now she helps people design stretching programs specifically to the needs of the environment, the, the, you know, the, the, um, the risk factors that sure. you're going to be exposed to. Um, no, what, a what lot do you think of about that, that kind A lot of, of the stretch and flex uh, obviously came – was a result of, of the Japanese culture, you know, the, 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 the Deming okay. lane of thought where everything is very, everything's very structured, uh, everything's efficiency. And, and they realized uh, – remember the movie Gung Ho? Yeah, I remember right. Gung Ho. Michael Keaton. Yeah, and, and they would – when the Japanese company bought the plant – and then they started making them all wake up early and line up and do exercises. <laughs> and you had all the, the fat Americans going like, you know, standing there with their donut. And, <laughs> right, and uh, right. but but they understood it was it, it was less about the physical piece and more about okay, we're here to work. Let's get our mind right. Let's get focused. Yes, we're doing some stretching and breathing and some exercise, but we're just getting everything focused for the tasks in front of us and the work in front of us for the rest of the day. Right. So it's getting it's getting everything lined up and, and getting everybody in the right mindset. Um, it's it's the same reason why home gyms don't work. Right. When, when you have a home gym. There's always excuses not to do it. The phone rings, the kids yell, the dog barks. Uh, we, we take more time between sets than we should because the TV's on. Got to change but, the load of laundry. But when you go to the gym. When you go somewhere to do it, your mindset changes. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. Uh, I have a plan and I can execute it. It's the same reason when you go to work rather than work from home. A lot of people struggle working from home. I'm more I'm more productive. Well, are you really? Because when you go to work, right, the process of putting on work clothes, whether it's a suit or my overalls, whatever it happens to be, and I'm going somewhere to do something, your mindset changes automatically. So part of the stretch and flex is, okay, we're here at work. Now we're going to do something as a team to get our team mindset on. We're going to put a team hat on. I'm stretching. I'm getting focused. I'm getting dialed in for the tasks at hand today, right? So there's benefit physically, but also mentally getting dialed in for those types of programs. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's all part of the wellness program, right? It's all part because if I'm now focused on work and I'm not thinking about something else, I'm less apt to get hurt. I'm less apt to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Be distracted um, and do those my things. My attention to yeah. detail is, is heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it shouldn't be just the beginning. You should probably do it at midday and towards the end of the day as so well. So it impacts quality, 100%. productivity, Everything. safety, all of those things, right? Everything, right? <clears throat> I, I, I'm almost afraid to go down this road a little bit, but can you just touch on nutrition just a little bit? I mean, without like, I'm not asking you to develop a program for anyone. No, but but, I, but, but I think what it's, things can people be doing well, nutritionally just to? A lot of times, wellness programs, right? The companies just think uh, weight loss, smoking cessation, uh, addictions, but we don't really look at nutrition in a manner of. First of all, the debate of what is good nutrition is rabid and wild and goes on for eons because we just can't. We don't have the controlled trials and the controlled studies that we really need because of the moral issue of let's test this diet on Doug and we might be killing Doug. So we can't, we'll do it on rats all day long, but there's not the direct translation, right? right? So um, there's always going to be that debate because we just can't do the trials that we really need on humans, the big human trials. We can sort of do them, but not really like we should in a Mm -hmm. lab, like, like it needs to be happened. But so companies, you know, 
we'll, we'll do nutrition programs. We'll sometimes offer nutritionists, but to tell people how to eat, now you're infringing on that, those rights and First Amendment rights and stuff like that, which I understand. But the truth, the fact of the matter is we know the data is so strong and, and more continues to come out and emerge that, that metabolic health and mental health are so intimately connected. And our diet affects our mental health so drastically. Um, I've seen studies where they they are attributing diet to dementia and mm-hmm. Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and treating depression, dep- anxiety, everything, but treating dementia and Alzheimer's with diet interventions mm-hmm. with success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so the the mindset of an employee, right? Um, the mental state of an employee is drastically affected by their diet. Mm-hmm. And um, not not to say that everybody's overweight can't think straight. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even the skinniest person can be in poor metabolic health. Absolutely. Um, which if they're in poor metabolic health, there's probably mental health issues along with it. Mm-hmm. Whether they're stressed out, they can't handle Going back to resilience, they just can't handle the stress in their life, which often leads to depression, anxiety, and various other things, which is going to affect their job performance. Um, so it goes hand in hand. This is why I think wellness and, and health and wellness and safety need to be intertwined. Um, and, and because a company should be talking about people about their diet, because if we know the diet affects physical health as well as mental health, well, what type of total health state is that person on the job site now? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if, they, if they have a terrible diet and there's a little bit of stress in their life and that gets amplified because, you know, we, we know sugar affects the same centers of the brain as drugs like cocaine and meth and, and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, so if, you know, someone's diabetic, there's probably also mental health issues there as well. And now what's their state of mind on the job site? Mm-hmm. Like, is that person a w- accident waiting to happen? Absolutely. That's interesting. You know, and and yeah. so that, that's why I think this, this all comes full circle. It's like the, the healthier of a workforce population I have, right, the more resilient they're going to be mentally and physically uh, two accidents happen. Mm-hmm. I would agree. This is really interesting stuff. This one has always been a problem for me. Safety training. We do our safety training in the morning and we bring in a box of donuts <laughs> and we pump our students full of like donuts, you know, fried sugar. And then we talk about safety and, and I just have this real struggle with that. I don't want to bring in, you know, celery and carrots necessarily for fear of being lynched on site, but I also yeah. struggle with this bringing in the donuts thing. I mean, I don't, you know, because again, they, we are we are siloing safety from wellness, from mm-hmm. mental health, from nutrition, yeah, and all that. We and, do. I think that's inappropriate. It's part of the problems with with modern medicine today is everything gets siloed out, and um, and it, it doesn't because we get into this mode of being an I'm the expert. Yeah, your doctor says one thing, your therapist says another, this doctor says another, and they're all, they all want to be the one that's right and they don't want to admit that, hey, maybe this person has a better answer or they need to work together. Uh, well, my doctor said, or my trainer said, or my nutritionist said, and I'm like, well, none of them are talking to each other, so how can you believe anyone? Yeah, no kidding. Um, they all want to be right, uh, and it's unfortunate, but um, it's starting to come around. Like We're starting to see a shift uh, in, in how we treat people, but it's still very siloed out and very mm-hmm. medication-oriented. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, as a company, you have to look at your employees holistically and look at your look at the total package. 
especially if somebody's not performing well on the job site, why aren't they performing well? Um, and, and, you know, we know, like one of the things I do with, with clients of mine is if they're having, if they tell me that they're struggling with stress or they're struggling, they're feeling anxious mm-hmm. or they're feeling overwhelmed, I'll be like, hey, uh, don't eat for a day. Fast. Fast for a day. And then tell me how you feel. Give your body a break for a day. Flush it out. Drink nothing but water, black coffee, or tea. And then tell me how you feel. And, and more often than not, they'll come back the next day is like, I feel a lot better. Like their, their mental clarity starts to come through. They're, they're less stressed. They're less anxious. Mm-hmm. The depression subsides a little bit. Um, there, there's, there's a great correlation. I've seen lots of studies where fasting and depression go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like you add a little bit of fasting, it helps with depression. And that's because our gut health improves. And if our gut health improves, our hormones improve, which directly affects our brain and, and everything mm-hmm. is so connected. You get a little more balanced. Um, yeah. So, you know, something simple as just fasting for a day, mm-hmm. what it does to your mental clarity, you know, whatever diet you're on, one of the things that like ketogenic and carnivore diets, one of the one of the biggest proclamations people have is they say, man, I just feel like this brain fog lifted. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> or intermittent about, fasting, sure. things like that. It's like I'm at this brain fog. I think I can think clear. I, I didn't realize I was just walking around in this fog the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, truth or not, you know, but but it seems you hear that over and over and over. Like people, a lot of people are saying this, this brain fog. And, and, and we know foods affect the brain. But so that means you've been walking around this whole time in this fog, not thinking clearly or, or struggling in your thinking or maybe slow to react or slow to make decisions. Mm. Well, that sounds like an accident waiting to happen to me No doubt on the job site. How many people on your job site are walking around like that? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Interesting. And now, now if, if you clean up diet and do a little fitness in there, how much more of a clear thinker do you have on the job site? Mm-hmm. Reacting faster to potential hazards, right. not tripping, not slipping, not. not I wonder if that should be part of our, like, you know, our incident investigations should include some kind of a blood panel. <clears throat> we rush out and we and we test people immediately for drugs. Maybe we should be looking at like insulin resistance and things like that when we do these <laughs> these incident investigations and things. And I say or that somewhat many, jokingly, but not really. Well, but how many? It's just like with COVID. You know, it's like how many comorbidities existed along with the accident, how many comorbidities existed along with the COVID. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's not just look at this in, in, in a vacuum. Right. Like, and just say, Hey, this thing did it. It's like, no, there's a lot of other contributing factors to all this. It's right. like, Hey, Doug slipped and fell and broke a leg. Uh, we got to put tax strips down. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well let's understand what's going on. Right. Doug, Doug is 150 pounds overweight. Right. He trips over his own two feet half the time. His balance Uh, has been compromised. His balance has been compromised. His legs are weak. Um, He's not paying attention half the time to what he's doing. It's like there's there's a lot more going on than just we need to put tax strips down so Doug doesn't trip anymore. Right. To prevent somebody else from falling. It's like that person was an accident waiting to happen. I'm not blaming that person. Sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Guys don't think we're we're pointing fingers and blaming people. We're just saying is, um, you know, like Doug said earlier, there's a lot of things that, we, we like to try to prevent. We like to, the prevention is, mm-hmm. you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound to cure, right? Well, prevention needs to go more than just putting up guardrails and tax trips. It's like, are we preventing people from being unhealthy and 
unaware and unattentive causing some of these accidents. Mm-hmm. Would you well. would you be willing to talk to companies about this stuff? I mean, you know, it's January 2024. You, now, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about you and Katrina. Katrina Bishop has also been on the show a number of times. Right. Uh, more of a mental health focus. You were more of a metabolic health focus. And the sure. two of you were combining to provide some counsel and guidance on these yeah, things. We, um, I love this concept. You know, we were like, we, uh, you know, if you remember the old Wonder Twins, mm-hmm. our powers combined. <laughs> right. Uh, we kind of did a Wonder Twins thing. We started a company called Herstel Health, um, acknowledging that you can't treat mental health in a silo. You can't treat metabolic health in a silo. They go hand in hand. And a lot of it came from our conversations. Me, you know, me being a jackass and going like, these freaking people are just undisciplined. They can't stick to the diet. Just stick to the diet. Don't give me this bullshit that it's unsustainable. Just stick to the diet. <laughs> right, right. And she'd be like, you know, she would smack me. She's like, Aaron, there might be other stuff going on, right? If they're having anxiety issues or they're having um, some OCD issues, that's preventing them from sticking to this diet. They know what they need to do. They just can't do it. And it may set. not just simply be a right. willpower issue. Right. And then and then she would be saying how, ah, oh, these people are struggling with addiction. They're struggling with this. And I was like, well, it's because their diet sucks. And, you know, they're eating like crap, which screws up their gut health, which now they're not giving their brain a chance to do the things. And one day we're just like, why don't we just, like, we need, this needs to be a hit from both sides. Yes. Right. And, and you know, a lot of people have, therapists that they go to then they have their mds that they go to but they never talk no right so put them on drugs try to you know do self-help hypnosis self-healing but they never they never talk and a lot of times they're contradicting each other Mm -hmm. um so you know our approach is uh, you know we'll, we'll treat the metabolic and mental health together because they know they can't do it without each other and one one might be counteracting the other you know, so if you clean up somebody's diet, right, and you get them on sound nutrition principles and, and hopefully maybe a fitness program because we know fitness goes a long way with helping with depression, anxiety, and things like that mm-hmm. and stress because the endorphins and, and, and the change in your hormones as you work out greatly benefits the brain. Um, we've all done it. I feel so much better after I work out. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, duh, right? Yeah. You're actually helping your brain. right? Um, and it's, And then at the same time, you know, Katrina's doing her neurolinguistic therapy and, and her hyp- hypnotherapy, um, giving people tools to handle when they feel depressed, feel anxiety, and, and give them. The, she does great things with cues and, and how to recognize your triggers and recognize your cues, and then little exercises that get around them. Uh, and it's like, so now we're hitting it from both sides. And, and what I do helps her, what she does helps me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're getting this person to a deeper state of health. And, and really putting them in control mm-hmm. uh, of their health. And, and what happens is a lot of times is that our the human body is an amazing machine. I mean, if you really think about it, its ability to self-heal and auto-regulate is nothing short of amazing. Like it is um, – humans have yet to create a machine that can do what the human body does. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI is getting freaking close, mm-hmm. which is scary. <laughs> but yeah. I mean for – you know, we're just now – just now getting to the point – uh, in biomechanics, being able to create a machine that can move like we can move. And even then, they, they can't move with the fluidity that a human moves, right? There's right. still some rigidity to right. it just because how our ball and socket joints and, and the fine motor skills that we have to be able to... If you look at what my arm's doing and my shoulder and my wrist and my fingers all at the same time, that you know that's how you can tell a robot from a human, just the fluidity of the movement and how, how it can move. Um, the human body's amazing, and it will heal itself, Right, the human body 
fights cancers all the time. It fights all off the cancers all the time. <clears throat> it, all fight, the time. it fights off pathogens all the time, mm-hmm. um, constantly, 24-7. And, and, and you hear people about, oh, I meditated my cancer away. Mm-hmm. It sounds hokey, but it's mm-hmm. like, no, it makes sense. Like the human body right. is fighting this off this stuff imagery. all the time. Yeah. But what happens is we set it up for failure. Mm-hmm. We eat bad. We don't exercise. That don't make, sleep well. We don't sleep well, which all has impact on our mental health. So mm-hmm. now we have a weakened state of mental health, which now makes the physical health worse. And it's this, this circular issue. And our total health, our deep health, keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And our body can't fight off this stuff anymore. It can't fight off the pathogens. It can't fight off uh, the illnesses. It can't fight off the diseases and the viruses. It can't fight off the cancers anymore. And that's when all the issues start mm-hmm. to to crop up. Right, right. We were talking about that this morning, that uh, there's a very famous uh, celebrity who has adopted a more stringent diet yeah. in order to try to address autoimmune Jordan issues. Jordan Peterson and his daughter. Yeah, yeah and, through, and through that modification, they have seen some like um, remarkable Amazing. results yeah. as far as Almost reduction of these inf- type of results, inflammation yeah. type things yeah. and autoimmune things. Um, it's really interesting, but so you and Katrina, so you will be treating or working with, I should say, individuals. Mm-hmm. Will you also be able to provide those kind of that service to companies or something? Yeah, I we've mean, talked what's about the goal? that. In, in fact, we uh, Katrina in our stead because you and I couldn't show up, went and talked to a company uh, doing doing her thing mm-hmm. um, from the mental health standpoint, but also talked hit a little bit about hey, don't by the way, nutrition plays a, a big role in all mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, you know, we have plans to work with companies. It's harder. Clearly it's much easier with an individual cause we can dial in on right. your specific, Very specific needs, needs yeah. and, and, and come up with a program and, and we, we can't use the word treatment cause yeah, it's not we're really not licensed treatment, treatment, right? but coaching, right. coaching is a better right. word. We can come up with a coaching approach, excuse me, to best fit your needs and get you on a path to health. And, mm-hmm. and really what we're doing is we're enabling you to heal yourself at mm-hmm. the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? It's all, it's all self healing and, 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 um, but putting you on the path to, to, to eat right, uh, to regulate your thoughts, um, and, and your emotions, and then just reduce stress, reduce anxiety, reduce depression, get healthier from the inside as well. And then, uh, and then just set your body up for success to, to heal itself. And this sounds like a wellness program to me. As yeah, much as just it, it putting a gym in your building. Sure. And, and it's tough. I get it. With, with larger companies, it's harder to do. But, you know, I think you can, as a company, you can, you can make nutrition a focal point. You can make health and wellness a focal point. You can make mental health a focal point mm-hmm. to understand that we're all better when these things are in line. Mm-hmm. You're a better employee. I'm a better leader. We're a better company. We're a more productive company. We're sharper at our job when we have these things dialed in. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be a mantra of the company for sure. Absolutely. Um, but the problem is it's just I get it. The company needs to make money to survive, you know, and it's not a, a revenue center. And it's I, I get it. Like, I get it. It's hard. But it's not insurmountable. But these it are just things takes, everybody can do better at this, this year. I mean, you can yeah, set, like, even small goals. Moving in the right direction. I and think companies do these all the time. Companies do weight loss challenges all the time. Companies, but it's always like, hey, if you want to do it, great. Uh, we'll give you a gift card. Winner gets a gift card, and it's kind of like, eh. Applebee's. You know, you know some, <laughs> uh, there's really not a, a con- what I would say a concerted effort uh, to do it 
Um, and it needs to be coming from the top down, but companies could always do more. Like we could always mm-hmm. do more in safety. We could always do more in, in, mm-hmm. in health and wellness. Uh, I just think that, you know, we need to start looking at the two together rather than apart uh, and realize there is a correlation there. Um, that the, the healthier mentally and metabolically and healthier our workforce is, uh, they're going to be less apt to have accidents and, and safety mm-hmm. incidents. Yeah. Um, I think you're on to something so. here, man. And I, I think this is the, the, the natural extrapolation of all this other stuff that we've been doing with mm-hmm. regard to safety. This is the direction for those companies that really want to continue this effort. This is the direction they, they need to be moving, incorporate some of these other wellness and mental health and physical, you know, like you said, metabolic health issues into that overall yes. package. You know, I would bet, you know, when you when you do the after action report or the incident report on an accident, on a major accident, like why did this person fall or why did this person not see someone else and hit him with the truck? It's always, oh, they were distracted. Well, why were they distracted? Uh, they, there's stress in their life, anxiety, they're depressed. There's like all these other things that really root cause of the issue. It wasn't that they didn't know how to do their job or, or you know, a lightning bolt fell from the sky and caused right. their problem. It's, it's usually a distraction, wasn't paying attention, attention to detail. Um, mm-hmm. Once in a while, something breaks mm-hmm. catastrophically, but... There is that little category that we have always referred to as act of God, which is probably the stuff you're referring to. Well, it's, yeah, you know, the, the rare. It's rare that you rare, check that rare. box, right? Yeah. Most of the time it was, it was well within our control, but it's, but it's like, okay, well, why was that person distracted? Mm-hmm. And then you dig a little deeper and they're suffering from major anxiety or major depression. Right. Or, or whatever it happens right. to be. And it's like, well, geez. All right. Well, how do we how do we fix that? Like, there, there's no amount of safety equipment that's going to fix no, that. No, there's totally. no PP that's going to fix that. You know. So how do we fix Agreed. that? Agreed. Um, how do we fix a person who, man, Doug was a rock star six months ago, and his performance went to shit the last six months. What's going mm-hmm. on there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's health and wellness. Right. At its prime, performance is going down, and you know, like you said, in 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 the corporate cubicle environment, no one's really going to get hurt. Right. You're just performance went mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. You start to shy away from interacting with people. You're less social, like all the cues are there that something's going on. But you take that same person and put them on a construction site. Well, that might be a pallet of drywall oh, yeah, falling on yeah, somebody's head. That might be them walking you know, off the edge. That might be right. a forklift operator swinging around yeah. and hitting somebody. That can be really um, consequential. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's interesting. So we're almost... We're up to our time. This is really, I've really enjoyed the direction this has gone. This is really interesting stuff. Um, you know, so- what I would say is just, you know, like, take a look at your, your safety program. Is it, first of all, get it out of the corner. Make it less about the window dressing and the posters up and, and really make it about working safely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you do have a wellness program, get them in the same room. Mm-hmm. And start talking with each other and be like, hey, how can we work together if they're not already? Like, how, like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Um, how can we incorporate these two things? How can a, a, a more metabolically and mentally fit and healthy company employee uh, be safer? Mm-hmm. I love um, that. How can we work these things together? Yeah, man. I'm going to get you some gigs. <laughs> I, I, I truly think this is a really beneficial conversation. 
And I've always enjoyed the conversations that you and Katrina have and, and this yeah. interesting symbiosis between the two. You know, they're not mutually exclusive. They are well, actually, they, they, they are symbiotic or whatever the word I'm looking for is, you know. But I think it's something that has been overlooked. Sure. And I could probably, and this is by no means sounding arrogant, but if you lined up a company in front of me and I could look around and go, who's going to get hurt or be out sick? I could mm-hmm. probably pick out. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. With, with, a, with a fairly high degree of accuracy, who's probably going to be out sick and who's probably going to hurt on the job site. Right. We should do that just um, as a case study sometime and, just and, to see if it's possible. And, uh, and, and if you give me... Like, uh, uh, if you let me sit down and talk with everybody about their, their health and wellness, like their nutrition, their exercise regimen, I could even get more accurate as who's mm-hmm. probably going to, who's more apt to get hurt on the job site and who's more apt to be out mm-hmm. with an illness. I'll bet you could attribute epigenetic markers to these things at some point, you um, know, uh, these, if you want to get down and yeah, I'll bet you could, that's always something that I, you know, on the fringe I thought would be interesting. There are certainly genetic con- contributions to risk tolerance or oh, genetic risk aversion, but these epigenetic things that, yeah, that yeah. evolve through sure. generations would be interesting to track. It's probably beyond the scope of most safety programs, but it sounds kind of interesting. One last question. Um, do you see a big influx in membership at the gym at the first of the year? Um, is, a, is a martial arts gym typical to like the other... We, you know, the box workout. I can only speak to myself. I, I don't um, because I don't run those New Year's ads. Mm-hmm. One, because there's so much noise out there. But I, I don't do the... Uh, Lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Or, or your membership's a dollar for the first six months. and then Or we're waiving the registration fee. I, I don't do any of that stuff. We, we, I, I, I try to stay more consistent throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in consistency. Well, you're kind of doing a disservice to your long-term members by doing that shit. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you do, Jade. I mean, I'm paying this, and now you're letting them right. for... Uh, so I, I, try, I try not to do that. And, and martial arts, I think, is niche enough where people... Um, you know, when you think of the, the New Year's resolutions, you think of the big box gyms where... Uh, th- their business model is we're going to get as many people in because we know only about 20% are going to use the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got five, 6,000 members. I always joke with people, um, you know, j- walk into like a, a box gym into the locker room, and you'll see like six showers where they have 6,000 members. <laughs> right. Like this goes to show you how many people really are They're using really the place, using right? The plate. Exactly. Um, but, you know, their model is, hey, I'll get you in at 20 bucks, and you're going to pay the 20 bucks even if you don't use it because you might use it, and mm-hmm. it's only 20 bucks. And it sounds good to be. Whereas a my member. price point's a little bit higher, and and you know. But members come. Other members than come. Myself. <laughs> they're, they're, they're probably more regular than the yeah. than the average box gym, but also takes a lot more effort to do what we do. Uh, so I don't, you know, I, I try to stay more consistent. I'm more interested in, in consistent, longer term mm-hmm. um, relationships. And uh, so we we don't we don't see. I mean, I'm not saying there's not an uptick where we where we do see to see upticks and downticks is beginning and end of school year. Okay. That's when I really see it. Kids are out of school. Kids are out of school. People get busy. Yeah. Their their regular schedule gets blown up, right? So when school starts, everybody gets regular again. They get into the routine. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then, then I'll see classes pick up. Um, mm-hmm. When school gets out, I see a drop because people are dealing with kids all day long and their schedules are up in the air and uh, there's no regularity in their day whatsoever. They're doing vacations and stuff, whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. th- so that, that that's when I really notice yeah. changes in, in, in attendance. 
Um, okay. Is what I gauge it by. Okay. But um, no, I don't. I don't. Because um, we know New Year's resolutions are short lived anyway. Mm-hmm. Rarely uh, does anyone resolve to go get punched in the face on a regular basis. That's fair. That's fair. Although, yeah. although the, the the sports getting the sports are getting more popular. Without, We're getting without more mainstream. Question. Yeah. Um, more people are doing it. The the average person, the lay person, the lay person, uh, <laughs> the average person's doing it uh, more and more all the time. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more. You know, when I first opened the gym, people knew three words. They knew they knew martial arts, karate, and taekwondo. Like those are the three words they knew, right? Now, jujitsu and Muay Thai and UFC and MMA is becoming more mm-hmm. commonplace, and so you, be, you see people more. But your gym is as much about you know wellness, fitness, confidence, as it is specifically about those individual martial arts and stuff. It, it's really a a place where right you know our whole motto was is the martial arts is just the medium for people to become better versions of themselves mm-hmm. everybody walks in that door for a different reason right you right. know so you know i used to be a big fight gym where it was all competitors and i got away from that you know so now those type of people don't walk in the door as much because our reputation is hey this is where there's doctors lawyers there's professionals in this place and and they're just doing the martial arts because that's their thing. And then they're there for various reasons. Some people right. come in for self-defense. Some people come in for confidence. Some people come in cause they're tired of the treadmill. Some people just need to change a pace. There's enthusiasts in there that are just, there's mm-hmm. hobbyists in there, you mm-hmm. know, there's, you know, for varieties, but there's other places in town where, uh, hardcore competitors and this mm-hmm. is where all the nut, you know, the head crackers go, Hey, cool. That's your thing. That's, yeah. that's, that's your niche as well. Um, you know, so it's, um, you know, I don't really run any of those, the New Year ads. We we do like bring a friend month. Hey, bring a friend mm-hmm. week. Bring a friend. Expose them to martial arts. That's about the most promoting I do. Are you going to do some more self defense classes on the weekends and things? I, you, you know, I need to. I need or? to. I got so busy these last few months uh, finishing up school and mm-hmm. doing some job changes on my end that you know we used to do one one a month and th- those were always fun and mm-hmm. uh, just a great way. Uh, I've had some private groups coming in doing types oh, nice. of types of self defense stuff and nice. Uh, and doing their own little group things, uh, team building and just camaraderie type stuff. I think with the Midwest Safety Cooperative, our you know our our this group that we have here in in the area yeah. of safety people, we should come in for a like a self defense yeah, Saturday or that'd something. Be that'd be really fun for I, these. You know, I, I like doing self defense clinics and seminars, but I don't like it at the same one, at the same time because I can't teach you to defend yourself in an hour. Right, like I, can't, I just can't do it. Any, <clears throat> right. Anybody that says that they are, like I. I to me, it's 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 a lying, false advertising when, you know, these these organizations hold uh, self defense clinics, and you're going to be more physically capable of defending yourself after this clinic. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. It, it, it's right. like it's like taking somebody who's never played basketball before, and after this clinic, you're going to be able to play basketball. Like, mm-hmm. No, you. I exposed you to basketball, and you right. understand dribbling and shooting now, but you can't go play basketball. Right. Uh, with any reasonable level of skill or mm-hmm. proficiency right it, it takes because i one the thing about self-defense is i don't know what's going to happen to you sure nor do you the 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 realm of possibility is limitless what could happen mm-hmm. to you out there we could spend an entire month on knife defense and someone pulls a gun on you the next right. day well hits you with the bat. all that hits right. you with the bat or five people show up right well, we didn't cover that. <laughs> right. Aaron, <laughs> you know, how come so, we didn't cover this? Uh, you know, so yeah, like, I, I try to temper expectations. Yeah. Where it, it's but that's more, probably as valuable as anything. Sure. It's more of an in awareness. Hour, we teach more awareness. More, yeah. Hey, don't jog at night by yourself on an tr- unmarked trail. Don't get blackout drunk and walk down an alley. Right. Don't, uh, 
ride with people you don't know. Right. Don't walk around with a wad of hundreds over your head in the wrong part of town. Right. There's certain things we can do. Like, no I, I get it. We should be able to do whatever we want without fear. But just the reality is like, know where you parked your car. How many people do you see walk around looking where their car is? It's like, well, there's a target waiting to happen. It's right next to that van. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the candy. Shouldn't, um, shouldn't park next to those vans. You know, so it becomes more of awareness and let's, yes. let's have some common sense and yeah. let's, let's understand just the reality of it. There's bad people out there. Um, I try to tell people, and this really throws people for like a look. If somebody wants to kill you, they will. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. It is not that hard. Right. Right. If they want to kill you, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get that out there. Mm-hmm. So, but what can we do to prevent putting ourselves in those situations? Yeah, to to, to not be the victim that they select for. Well, that. yeah, and it's like like you hate to say like like we can all agree rape is terrible, and 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 no man should ever do that to a woman or vice versa. But at the same time, it's like. Okay, but let's look at the scenario. Like, should you have drank that much and been at a party with people you didn't know by yourself? Could you have right. not put yourself in that situation? I'm not saying. Yeah, just. I'm but, not saying but, it's your fault. But making yourself vulnerable. Right. Like, let's not make ourselves vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And in like the, those circumstances. Know, it you would just be described. great if we could all sleep at night with our doors unlocked. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Yeah. Because there's bad people there. Out are there are some bad right? people, right. So there's this utopian view of the world. I should go wherever I want and not have to worry. Yes, I agree. But that's just not reality. And it assumes people are right. good and do the right thing, we, and they don't. Not, not everybody. Most will, Most but not will. everybody won't. Like yeah. I, we could probably sleep at night with our doors unlocked. We probably could. But, but I'd have my gun under my pillow. Right, but there's that, that one night that we wish we had when somebody came in. Right. right? And, and so we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's kind of the approach I take with self defense. Mm-hmm. Like let's mm-hmm. let's understand what could happen. Like I try to you know every time I do like let's not do the what if questions because <laughs> right. we could go down and a rabbit just, hole and we'd right. be there forever, right? So it's kind of like yeah. let's do some common sense things that can keep ourselves mm-hmm. safe and and lessen the likelihood of something happen. Let's lock our doors at night. Mm-hmm. I tell women she's like I'm afraid. I go get a dog. Mm-hmm. Get a big freaking dog. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't yeah. like dogs. Okay, well, get but, a really big cat. You know what I mean? It's like it's like, hey, so one of the best self defense measures is having a big ass dog. A barking dog, man. Yeah, no you know, dog. Not it doesn't even have to be a big dog. A barking dog, right? Yeah. That's like the person. Okay, I'm going to go to the next house because yeah. this is going to be a pain in the ass, right? right. So, um, it's things like that that you know I'll talk about with self defense. It's like let's do some common sense things just to not set ourselves up for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyway. yeah, I love it. Man, this is, I, I really loved the conversation. And again, as usual, we have no idea what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> you know, you get some bacon and eggs in us, and then we just start talking, pump some caffeine in. Yep. But I love the direction of that conversation. I love the concept of wellness as part of a um, comprehensive safety, safety and health yeah. program. This is all interrelated. And you just said a great there, safety and health. Why is it a safety and why is it a safety program and a health and wellness program? Why is it not a safety and health program? Yeah, safety health wellness. Safety, I mean it's wellness all one program. thing, man. So yeah. give that some thought, maybe incorporate that into your planning for 2024 if you're setting goals, if you're looking ways to you know further improve your programs, consider this maybe. Yep. Aaron is always available for Sure. Coaching, conversation, discussion. So. And what I would say to everybody out there, if you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with stress, you're st- struggling with depression and whatever um, mental struggle, you're just struggle making decisions. Um, 
look at your diet really hard mm-hmm. and, and look at your metabolic health. And I, and I promise you, if, if you're struggling with one, you're probably struggling with the other mm-hmm. more than likely, not always, no but, but more than likely. Um, and, and doing some simple things like getting the processed foods out of your diet, getting the fast food, getting the junk out of your diet, you would be surprised what that does to your mental clarity. Absolutely. And, and, and your ability to deal with anxiety and depression and things like that. Is, is it a cure-all, be-all, end-all? No, absolutely not. There's a process to all this. But something simple is getting healthier in your diet, getting healthier your gut health does amazing things for your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of don't. It's something that we have some control over. Yeah. And it is a starting point. So I think it's absolutely worth doing. 100%. Love it. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Always Always a pleasure. 2024 is off and running, guys. So I hope you have a great year, great week. We will continue to do this every Friday and hopefully bring you some interesting content. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you next Friday. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.